He wasn't even me real uncle. Mammy just called him Uncle Batty to put a name on him. They courted for five minutes in 1982. She gave him the heave-ho because he was too scabby. She said, If he dropped his wallet, it'd hit him on the back of the neck. That's how quick he'd be down to pick it up. He kept coming over on Sunday nights and sitting in front of the television. Whinging and whining and eating custard creams with his three teeth. Sometimes he'd be sitting in one chair and me owl one would be in the other one eating the face off Baldy Phil or whoever was our current squeeze. Mm. Oh, why aren't I entitled to have a life? Mm. Batty just sat there and pretended it wasn't happening. Then she'd be down in the room with Baldy Phil and he'd still be there. Him in the armchair and me on the couch, trying to watch the Sunday game with that pantomime going on. I tell you what, Baldy Phil, but you're a mountain of a man altogether. Well, missus, I'm here to be conquered. No, tonight you're going to conquer me. No ropes required, missus. Oxygen is optional. And you can call me Phil McGillicuddy. Oh, conquer me, Phil McGillicuddy. Conquer me. I'm conquering. I'm oh, conquering. How will they finish here? Do you think we'll tip come back in the second half? I don't know, Uncle Buddy. What do you think? If they can get quick ball into Leahy, I think they have a chance. Just as a matter of interest, Uncle Batty, what part of no do you not get? Last February, the old one played the worst trick she ever did on me. She died. Not even as much as a goodbye. Left me on me own. Uncle Batty stopped coming on a Sunday night and started coming on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday instead. Made a full-time job of annoying me. Sitting there till midnight, when me head was rolling off its hinges with the tiredness. I've the tea made, Jude. Have you any more of them old custard creams? They're below in the shop if you want them. Two for one fifty. I forgot to bring money. I'm sure the shop would be closed at this time of night. Yeah, it sure would. Have you any rich tea, so? No, I've no biscuits. If you even had an old Marietta to take the bad luck off the tea. I've no biscuits. What do you want me to say? Your mother, the Lord of mercy on her, always had a few old custard creams for me. Me mammy bought them to shut you up. In any way, what the hell are you even doing in me house at this time of night? Or ever, for that matter. So, he gets up and makes a big deal of washing out his cup and then he walks out the door. I reach under the couch and take out the packet of custard creams and eat every one of them in the pleasure of my own empty house. Then the guilt comes. Waves of it. Infinite bloody guilt. And I can see me mammy's head floating in front of me. Ah, sure, what harm was he doing, Jude? Just looking for a bit of company. Eating a few old custard creams and having the chat. Watching the old match. Sure, you wouldn't put a cat out in rain like that. I've been doing a line with Jenny Jameson. And she moved in straight away to make a start on our little, um, love nest. 
Dude. Uh, <laughs> Where are you hiding? <laughs> you naughty, naughty boy. Oh, come here. Come stop. here to me. <laughs> stop it, please. Don't catch me. Don't catch me. Ah, you got me. Needless to say, Uncle Batty was not foremost in my mind during that time. I didn't see him for weeks, and then I saw him coming out of spar one day. He was after growing a beard, and he was looking wild. I said hello to him, but he didn't answer me. He just muttered something under his breath and shuffled off. The guilt came flooding back. I decided to go and visit him. You mean you managed to take some time out of your busy schedule? That was big of you. He lived outside the town, down a long lane, tunnelled with trees. The house was in the middle of the farmyard, with ramshackle outhouses around it. He opens the door with the handle of a spade in his hand. Get out of here, I can't let you! It's me, Uncle Batty. What are you doing with that joke? Oh, I thought you were a sneak thief coming to do me in. He looked like Saddam Hussein when they dug him out of that hole. The house was upside down. Dishes, piles of clothes everywhere. And him sitting, staring into a little black and white television. Oh, look at him. The poor Aegis. All alone, and the place falling down round his ears. No one to say hello, goodbye, or kiss me arse to him. All he wanted to talk about was robberies and break-ins and old people having their life savings stolen. And then he tells me how much he loved calling up to see me because it meant one less night alone. I took an old packet of custard creams out of my pocket and left them on the kitchen table. He never even looked at them. I bought you a few biscuits, Uncle Batty. God, you burst the budget there, didn't you? It's only a gesture. What, Jude? Nothing, Uncle Batty. I stopped off at the crossbar on the way home and had a skinful of pints to get me head straight. Baldy Phil was there, and I told him me predicament. It's his own fault, Jude, for being such a skinflint. If he wasn't such a tight wad, he'd be married now with a nice family for himself, living like a lord. Batty has his communion money down there, Jude. He gets the pension every week and he has the farm. Those farmers have it everywhere now with the euro cash. They get money for growing shite and money for not growing shite. They can't lose. What are you saying, Phil? I'm saying you need to protect your investment, Jude. You're the nearest thing to a relation he has. What do you think that farm is going to be worth when it gets rezoned residential? About a squillion euro, I'd say. A squillion? At least a squillion. You could do a lot with a squillion. I was as full as an egg when I got home. Jenny Jameson was waiting at the door. In a cowboy hat. And not much else. Where were you? <laughs> Tonight's rodeo night. <laughs> Are you forgetting? Come on, me big stallion. <laughs> oh, under uh, a minute. I'll get me hat so. Yeah! Oh, my God. Oh, oh yes. yes oh, oh, I love rodeo oh, night. I love rodeo. yee All right, me. Oh, my God, I will. Are we doing bulls or horses? Oh, you're a stallion. I am. You're a stallion. I am a stallion. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, woo. I bought Batty one of those Fisher Price phones for our lads. The ones with buttons like Scrabble pieces. Baldy Phil called me and said he wanted to meet me out the road. Somewhere private. 
grab that and get a good feel of it. Have you got a license for that? No. That's why I need your fingerprints all over it. Feck off. I'm only joking. It's been in the attic for years. The barrel is bent and the trigger only works half the time. It'll give him peace of mind, make him feel safer at night. A comfort blanket, if you will. Not to mention a few old brownie points for Tussa. Just don't say you got it from me, but don't forget me when the jackpot comes in, eh? Ching, ching, baby. Batty got going at the texting straight away, but the thing that excited him most was the shotgun. He started marching up and down outside the house with it like a sentry. I signed him up with the local community alert system. I thought it might be a social thing for him. I thought it might settle him down. It didn't. He went from being worried about break-ins to being obsessed about them. Now he was getting 40 texts a day coming at him with suspicious vehicles and violent assaults. And he was forwarding every text to me and calling me afterwards to see if I had any updates. Keep look out for a white diner van. Last seen at Carney's Cross. Two men acting suspiciously. KLO Audi A4. Last seen driving erratically through Dunfinnegan. He started patrolling the fields at night with the shotgun. Texting me on the hour to say, all was clear. Jenny and myself were busy giving the place a lick of paint and tidying it up for ourselves. And I sort of forgot about Batty. That night we'd been out to the Flicks in Newbridge and bought a bottle of Pinot Grisio on the way home. And we were snuggling in for the evening and everything was going A1 Sharon when my phone started ringing. <sighs> I'll leave him. It's just some nonsense about a bloody van or a feckin' car parked in a ditch somewhere. Then he rang again. And again. I have to answer it. Oh, go on with yourself, so. I went down to the kitchen and answered the phone. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, dude, I'm in fierce trouble. What's wrong with you, Batty? Slow down. I'm after shooting a lad stone dead here in the house. There's blood everywhere. It's like the back of a butcher shop. What are you talking about? And some fella snuck in on me. I didn't see him till I... Oh, he's as dead as a sausage. Oh, the Lord God Almighty. What have I done? I'm going to have to call the guards. No, don't call the guards. I don't know how I even thought of it, but somewhere in the depths of my brain I remembered the thing about the warning shot. How many shots did you fire, Batty? I only fired the one shot. I wasn't even trying to hit him. Listen to me, Batty. You need to fire another shot into the ceiling for a warning shot. That way you'll only be done for manslaughter. <laughs> and by the time the barrister is finished telling them how your man sneaked in on top of you in the middle of the night, you'll only have to put a hundred euro note into the poor box and walk out the door. Manslaughter! Stay right where you are. I'm on the way. Manslaughter! I told Jenny Jameson that Batty's dog was lost and he needed help finding him. I didn't know he had a dog. She didn't know he didn't have a dog. I jumped into the Micra and drove out to Batty's as fast as I could. As I got halfway down the lane, I could see lights flashing in the distance. And I thought, ah, Batty, why did you call the guards? It was only when I got down to the house that I saw the lights were the house lights, pulsing and flashing like some sort of cosmic disco. There was a van in the yard and the driver's door swinging open. Batty is standing in his front door, hunched over, with the shotgun in his hand. Water running down his face and dripping off his hands, and he's shivering so much that he can't even talk. 
he's as dead as a sausage, dude. He fired the second shot up into the ceiling and burst the water tank. The light bulb in the kitchen was sparking like a welder. I cut the power and turned the water off outside. The only light we had was from my mobile phone. Batty couldn't find his. Then the battery started going and we had to light a candle. An actual candle. Your man was in the hallway, outside Batty's bedroom door. Do you have to be so close behind me? Sure I can't see if I'm not beside you. Yeah, well you don't have to be actually touching me. There he is, your man, the dead fella. That dead fella there, is it? You're sure it's not a different dead fella? I'll go to hell for this, surely. Your man is lying, curled up in the hall outside Batty's bedroom. A butt of a fella, in jeans and white runners. At least they were white when he came in. The floor is sticky with blood, and he has a wound in the top of his thigh. I can still smell the cordite in the air. His face is duck-egg blue in the candlelight. And I just lean in to see if I can get a pulse. And I'm trying not to slip in the blood and fall on top of him. And Batty is right behind, practically up on me back. And I put the tips of me two fingers into the soft part of his neck, just under his jaw, and snap! He's turned into a zombie! Your man's after biting into my finger, and the next thing we're both on the ground, flailing around in the blood, and the candle has gone out, and your man is punching me and roaring like a lunatic. Dirty fucking jacking bastard! And then I managed to get my finger out of his mouth. You rotten coochie bastards! You are after murdering me! You bark hopping muppets! And I'm just swinging punches in every direction. And then your man is sitting on top of me with his hands around me neck. And then I've got my hands around his neck and he's kneeing me in the back. All I wanted was the lend of a can of petrol, you Neanderthals. By pure luck I managed to get a clean punch onto him and put him out cold. Then Batty's mobile phone light comes on. Found it! It was in me pocket all the time. Really? Well, that is great news altogether, Uncle Batty. You're after killing him, dude! No, Uncle Batty, I'm not after killing him because he's not dead. You can't be killed unless you're dead. That's an actual rule. We have to call him an ambulance. No, no ambulance and no guards. I'm not explaining to a guard why I'm here covered in your man's blood and I'm not explaining to a guard why you have an unlicensed firearm and you fired a warning shot up into the ceiling of your kitchen before you went back to bed and fired a second shot through your bedroom door. I only did what you told me. You did it arseways. We could explain it to them. Yeah, sure, we'll explain it to them. A simple explanation will sort everything out. Now grab him and lift him onto your bed. Oh, Jesus. Now lift up the head. Okay, grab a hold of him there, will you? Oh, sick, Batty, will you hold on to him? Uh, he's very heavy. Oh, come on. Where will I sleep? You can get in beside him if you like. We lifted him onto the bed, and I got an old belt of Batty's and put a tourniquet on his leg to stop the bleeding. I sent Batty for the bottle of whiskey and started rooting in your man's pockets to see if I could find out who he was. I found two euros and a receipt from McDonald's in Bluebell. When Batty came back with the whiskey, I drank half of it myself and poured the rest over your man's thigh. I got some rope and tied him down to the bed. My head was spinning. I needed thinking time. Time to work out a plan. I told Batty to watch him like a hawk. Then I went home and scrubbed the blood off and threw me clothes into the washing machine. Jenny was asleep, thank God. I closed my eyes for what seemed like three and a half seconds. And the next thing, the sun is burning the eyes out of me and Batty is texting. Come quick. He's making a funny noise. <clears throat> is 
He's asleep, Batty. That's what's wrong with him. Ah, grand. Shall we ring the guards then and explain everything? There'll be no guards, Uncle Batty, unless you want to add kidnapping to our list of misdemeanours. If we were going to call them at all, we had to call them straight away. We're going to have to work this one out for ourselves. Kidnapping? Batty's hair was standing up on the top of his head. There was black rings around his eyes from being up all night. I sent him to lie down on the couch and get some rest. Five minutes later, the two of them were snoring. I cut the tourniquet off your man's leg. There was nothing to put on the wound, only a bottle of bovine penicillin Batty had up in the press that was two years out of date. So I used that. I made a few bandages out of a sheet and patched them up as best I could. I mopped out the hall and cleaned up the mess. Drove your man's van down into the hay shed and hid it with bales of hay. When Batty woke up, I fried him a feed of rashers and sausages. I was thinking, Uncle Batty, you need to be careful texting me. We should have a code. A code? Just so you wouldn't be sending me anything incriminating, you know? And if someone was looking at my phone, say Jenny, for example, she wouldn't be seeing a lot of strange messages. Incriminating? I was thinking that if you needed me, you could send me a text saying there was something wrong with the dog, for example. But I don't have a dog. I know you don't have a dog. It's a code. Your man is the dog. Your man is the dog? Yes, your man is the dog that you don't have. I think we should call the guards now before this gets out of hand. Uncle Batty, this is already out of hand. You're after shooting a lad in the leg with an illegal firearm, kidnapping him, and now he's lying in your bed with nothing keeping him in it, only out of date bullock medicine. What do you mean, bullock medicine? Never mind. Just do as I say. When I went to bed that night, there was a sneaky little voice in the back of my brain saying, You know what, young man? You might be able to turn this situation to your advantage. When things settle down, it might be a good time to have a chat with Uncle Batty about a trip to the solicitors. Maybe do a little inheritance planning. Next morning, the texts start again. Doggy, trouble. Come, quick. And then about five seconds later... Serious doggy trouble. Now! I'm tearing down Batty's lane, and here's your man racing towards me, throwing one leg out sideways like a child riding an imaginary horse. I meant to just block him off, but I was a smidgen too late on the brakes. He flew up onto the windscreen, with his face flat against the glass, screaming like a madman. I got down to the yard and jammed on the brakes, and your man goes rolling into the dirt. Batty is standing with a big gummy face on him. I just loosened the rope to give him a drink. We need to up the security on this boy, Uncle Batty, or we're both going to end up in Mount Joy. Do you have any idea what they do to country people in a place like that? No. Well, it ain't Mosney, Uncle Batty. Let's put it that way. You're after smashing me good leg, you yokels. I'd be bleeding unlucky enough to find the only village in Ireland with two idiots in it, wouldn't I? I had no other choice but to tie him up and leave him in the cowhouse for a couple of days to have a good think about his behaviour. It was nice and dark in there, with a good smell of cowshite. I checked on him regularly, and Batty kept him fed and watered. It gave Batty something to do, and as the weeks passed, your man became a sort of a pet for him. Then, he kept him tied up, but he led him back into the house. 
and it sort of became normal. I had other problems. Jenny! Jenny Jameson, stop it. Why are you lying to me? Why are you lying to me? Stop talking things. Who is she? Tell me, now. Who is who? The woman you're having an affair with. I'm not having an affair. You're mad in the head, Jenny. You're dreaming this up. You're never here. And even when you're here, you're off in your own world. You never look at me now. You never even ask me how about my day. And you didn't even remember to meet me at the doctor's this morning. Sorry, baby. It's just that I've been out with my Uncle Batty, helping him with the dog. He doesn't even have a dog. He does have a dog. <gasps> What's the dog's name, so? Uh, Cuddles. Cuddles. Yeah, Cuddles. I'll give you cuddles! Jenny, I'm sorry. I've just been preoccupied with other stuff. I'm sorry about the dog. I wasn't listening if the truth be known. I didn't even know you were sick. I'm not sick, you donkey. I'm pregnant. With a baby? No, with anticipation. Is it mine? Would you like to ask me that question again? No. Good. So, it is mine then? <coughs> Most of the stuff she threw out the window was clothes and smaller items of furniture. But throwing out me status quo tapes was a low blow. They're historical artefacts of cultural value to the whole country and not the sort of things you throw out the window. I went down to the crossbar to get me head together. I told Baldy Phil me good news. Ah, don't worry, jewel me old flower. The first 40 years of the worst. <laughs> then Batty started texting me. I've let Doggy out for a walk. Leg much better now. No barking. Baldy Phil went off to collect his scratcher and I asked Fonzie the barman to turn on the television for something to do. Gordy, you're investigating the disappearance of Davy Wacker Murphy. The well-known gangland figure who was under heavy guard surveillance has not been seen since he was captured on CCTV leaving McDonald's on the Bluebell Road a month ago. Gordy are warning members of the public not to approach Murphy as he may be dangerous. I texted Batty back as fast as my tongues could work. Wicked doggy! Bad doggy. Do not put hands in cage with doggy. I ran for the micro and drove out to Batty's as fast as I could. There was a strange sound coming from inside the house. Laughter. Raucous laughter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Jude? Come in and sit down. Have a cup of tea. Uncle Batty, what are you telling me name for? Don't be like that, Jewith. Come in and have a cup of tea. And an old custard cream. They're a lovely biscuit, the custard cream. Aren't they, Bartholomew? In my opinion, they're the nicest biscuit of all, David. David? David? What's wrong with you, Uncle Batty? Now, sit down, Jude. David and I have had a long chat, and we've sorted everything out. This whole thing was just a, a misunderstanding. David here wasn't trying to rob me. He was just looking to borrow a can of petrol for the van. That's right, Jewett. It was all just an unfortunate misunderstanding. David and I have talked it through, and we've shook hands on a sum of compensation. Uncle Batty, I need to talk to you now, privately. Anything you need to say, you can say it in front of David. Don't you mean whacker, Uncle Batty? Now, where would a fella get a name like that, do you think? That is a cruel and hurtful nickname, and I would hope... We could be beyond that sort of abuse. Jude, please. We're all friends here. You're the one who shot him in the leg. Please, gentlemen. Let's just let bygones be bygones. Uncle Batty, outside now. 
You go on outside there, Bartholomew. I'm going to watch Fair City. I seem to have missed a few episodes lately. What the hell are you doing? This fella is a gangster, a hitman, and you're sitting in there with him eating custard creams and laughing like a simpleton. That's just paper talk. He's explained everything to me. He got that name from working on the building sites using a whacker plate. You know those yokes for stamping down foundations. You are one gullible Egypt, Uncle Batty. Ah, he's had a rough childhood. His mother wasn't much good, and he doesn't even know who his father is. He's made mistakes in the past, and he wants to change his ways. He's had a rough childhood? What sort of a gombean man are you? I should have known you were too stupid to help. I should have left you festering away on your own. I should have known what to expect from the sort of muppet that would plague a woman her whole life because she showed you five minutes of attention. You're a loser, Batty. The whole town is laughing at you, and when your man is finished clearing you out, he'll laugh at you too. How do you get RTE1 on this yoke? Bartholomew! I'll be there in a minute! You get shot by a gangster if you want to. I'm not interested, because unlike you, I have something to live for. I'm going to be a father. What are you snivelling about? <laughs> Nothing. It's just that... Oh, I never thought I'd ever be... a granddad. What? So how would you be a granddad? Your mother asked me never to tell you. Tell me what? What are you talking about? She said it was better if you never knew I was your father. The whole Uncle Batty business was her idea. What do you mean? You're not my old lad. We still can't get RTE on this yoke. Give us a bloody minute, will you? She thought if you knew I was your father, you wouldn't amount to anything. She thought you'd settle for being like me, an old bachelor farmer living down a lane. No, this is not happening. That was the price I paid to get to see you on a Sunday night. No, no, no. My father was in the Marines. Mammy told me he fought in Vietnam. He won the Purple Heart for capturing an enemy tank. <laughs> you don't win the Purple Heart for bravery. You get that for being injured. Anyway, I'm no expert on the Vietnam War, but I'm pretty sure the Viet Cong didn't have tanks. No, you're wrong. You're just making that up. When your mother died, I thought I was going to get to spend more time with you. But you weren't interested. You had your own life. Things just got on top of me then, and I was starting to wonder what was the point of it all. No, this is not happening. This is not happening. I am missing Fair City here again. We'll, we'll be, be there, there in a minute. The whole town knows I'm your father, Jude. Everybody knows except you. So we're practically identical looking. Bartholomew Jude Hennebury. That's my name. Jude. The patron saint of lost causes. My daddy's a marine. How many marines do you know are stationed in Dunfinnegan? You gobshite. Sure, I was even laughing when I told you. I loved your mother, but she didn't love me. She only loved you. I loved her despite everything. But you couldn't believe a word that came out of that woman's mouth. <laughs> well, you can believe this. He's an old miser, and he was a flop in the sack too. It's okay, boys. I have it now. Jesus, deliver me from this. I don't want anything from you, Jude. And you don't even have to do anything for me. 
But the truth is, you're me only child. And someday, everything I have will be yours. Yeah? Anything I have is for you, Jude. He brings me in and empties the kitchen drawer onto the floor. There it is there. Oh, many a time I dropped on one knee in front of your mother, but she refused me every time. He hands me this little box with an engagement ring in it. See, told you. Told you he was a miser, Jude. Look at that ring now. Look at it. Looks like it fell out of a lucky bag. That ring cost 30 quid when 30 quid was 30 quid. Wait now. Is a certain somebody going to be making an honest woman out of Jenny Jameson? No. And how the hell does he know about Jenny? I filled him in on, you know. Come here and give us a hug, Jude. That is marvellous news altogether. Get off me, you creep. There's no news. Don't be like that now, Jewett. Batty and I just want you to be happy. It's true, Jude. That's all we want for you. What's with the wee business, Uncle Batty? Are you actually as stupid as you look? Now, that's no way to talk to your father. He knows that too. He knew before me. Don't be like that, Jewett. We're all friends here now. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. My head was spinning. My stomach was churning. I went back to the crossbar and ordered a pint, but I couldn't put it to my lips. Baldy Phil came slithering over to me, drunk as a slug. Were you over-visiting your uncle Batty, Jude? What do you think, Fonzie? His uncle Batty. And he's winking at Fonzie the barman. And Fonzie the barman is grinning like a loon. Then that newsreader comes on the nine o'clock news, and she's mocking me too. David Wacker Murphy is still missing. Surely somebody must know where he is. He can't have just disappeared off the face of the earth. Maybe Jude could ask his uncle, Batty, if he knows where he is. Ah, come on, Jude. You didn't really think your daddy was in the Marine Corps, did you? Surely you could have worked that one out for yourself. I thought about running away. But the truth was, I didn't have anywhere to run to. Get up off your knees, you fool. I was hoping you might say yes. Oh, be still my beating heart. Is that a yes? It's a get up off the doorstep and stop being a jackass. So, it's not a no then. Woohoo! I got it all off me chest. The truth about Patty, the break-in, the shooting, your man whacker, everything. Sure everyone knew Batty was your father. These are like brothers. Everyone except me. Here, if that ring fell off a barn rack, I'd bring it back to the shop and swap it for a Swiss roll. That was a very expensive ring. In its day. I've pulled nicer rings off Coke cans. And another thing, I'm not going up the aisle the size of an elephant. So if you want to marry me, you better get the finger out and book the castle right now before I'm gone four months. The castle? Yes, the castle. 250 guests minimum. I want a wedding planner, two bands, an Ilham Piper, um, oh, and no bloody status quo. Do you understand? No quo? Jenny, come on now. So, we go up there to the castle for a look around, and they're showing us this suite and that suite, and the next thing she says, it'll be a hundred ahead for dinner. And a champagne reception. And who'll pay for all that? She invites Batty over for dinner. To get to know him, she says. I'm looking out the front window and a red van pulls up. Your man, Whacker, is driving. 
and Batty is sitting up in the passenger seat. Then he gets out, and he's wearing a tracksuit and a pair of white runners, and an earring. Oh, come in, Grandad. (laughs) You are very welcome. David, lovely to meet you. The ravishing Jenny Jameson at last. (laughs) Oh, you are punching, Jewett. You are punching. Nice earring, Daddy. It really suits you. David said it took years off me. You mean this guy? Whacker? Now, come in. Come in, everybody. We'll have a nice cup of tea. Oh, I got in a packet of custard creams, especially. (laughs) As I always say, there's only one thing better than a custard cream, and that's two custard creams. Hey, Bartholomew. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact, David. That is a fact. I presume you'll be heading home to Wackersville now that your leg is better and everything, David. I mean, Whacker. Now, now, gentlemen. This is a happy occasion. We're celebrating today. Here, here. <laughs> we wanted to invite you here today, buddy, to share our good news and let you know that you're part of the family. A granddad to this little treasure. Please, God. <laughs> and we don't ever want you to be lonely up in that farmhouse on your own. You are always welcome here. I have a feeling I'm not going to be lonely ever again. You will not, Bartholomew. You will not. Cheers to that. Oh, cheers. (laughs) Cheers. You see, David and I have had a few great chats over the last few days. Isn't that right, David? That is right, Bartholomew. And we found that we had a lot in common. Hardly. We've both made mistakes and we've both had a chance to take stock of our lives and see how we can make amends. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Yes, really lovely. Jude, show some respect to your father. Yes, Jude, respect your father. It's just that David and I have taken great inspiration from yourself and Jenny here. Isn't that right, David? That is right, Bartholomew. And the solution to all our problems was right in front of us all the time. It was staring us in the face. Really? Yesterday, David asked me for my hand in marriage. (gasps) What? And Bartholomew did me the honour of saying yes. But you're... you're not even gay, Batty. Huh? I'm not gay either, as it happens. But sure, there's nothing wrong with a little kiss and a cuddle. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm losing my mind. Why should Bartholomew and I be discriminated against? Aren't we as entitled to happiness as much as the next person? Is there anyone else hearing this? We'd be very honoured to have your blessing, son. And I'd be delighted if you would be my best man. I am losing my mind. Can't you see he's cotton you, Uncle Batty? I mean, Daddy. He's not broken in to rob you. He's broken in to steal everything. Jewett, I'd love your blessing too. And I want you to know that I'm not trying to replace your mother. You only ever have one mother. But your little one will have something far greater. But it'll have two grandfathers. You can count on that. It's a beautiful thing to say, David. Can't you see what he's doing? We were thinking of having a big reception up at the castle. Perhaps we could even have a double wedding to keep costs, you know, more manageable. Hmm, the castle, you say? You're ruining my life. I've only had a father for a week and you're ruining my life. If this is about your inheritance, you have nothing to worry about. Inheritance? What inheritance? I I never even thought about the inheritance. David and I have discussed everything. 
When David dies, everything will pass to you and your family. But he's ten years younger than me. He is, Jude. But he's had a hard life. He's had a very hard life. I'm going to be sick. <coughs> so that was how it happened. The business with the wedding. And me, dancing the second dance with a gangster called Wacker. And me father, who's also me uncle Batty, dancing away beside me with Jenny Jameson. Jenny Jameson, Jude, congratulations. Can I interest you in a buggy for the baby? I have them outside in the boot of me car. Excuse me, Jenny dear. May I intercede and take this young gentleman off your hands? <laughs> no problem, David. And I hope you don't mind if I dance with your husband. Ah, uh, we adore Would you look at them? Her bet into her dress, like a football shoved into a surgical stocking. My son would have to climb over a glass wall to see what was on the other side of it. And as for that old Egypt, Betty, well, I... Oh, 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 I love this one. I'll give you this much, Jewith. You are a tidy little dancer. Oh, 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 o